Hello and welcome to Talking It Over with Support and Mind Scotland, or as the cool kids are calling it, The Smaths Braff, <laughs> where myself, Ian Mitchell and my colleague Nicole Bell take a look at the Scottish Mental Health and Arts Festival at some of the shows, give you our two cents on them and... Occasionally we speak to other people. Yeah, we speak, <laughs> we speak to the great and the good in Scottish Mental Health and Arts. And today... We will start with... Somebody who is both great and good and lovely, uh, the arts lead from the Mental Health Foundation, that is Andrew Eaton Lewis. Obviously, thank you very much, Andrew, for, for joining us again. Thank you. Uh, so, the theme of this year's Mental Health Awareness uh, Week is stress, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm assuming you might be feeling at the moment. <laughs> but how has it been getting a programme of events together in the last in six months rather than you know, over a period of a year? It's been a challenge, um, won't lie. Um, <laughs> Effectively, we've been programming two festivals at the same time because we had to start on this one um, really at the beginning of last year. Mm. Um, but it helped quite a lot, I think, that we knew the theme for this one quite a while ago. I mean, we, we knew a while ago that it was going to be beginnings. It was um, an obvious one to do for many reasons. I mean, we've been interested in a long time for doing more about childhood mental health and young people's mental health and the fact that it was going to be the year of young people this year it made it an obvious time to do that um so we had a lot of time to prepare and put in funding applications but yes essentially we were doing two festivals at the same time and a lot of caffeine consumed in the yeah and some deadlines for this one had to be pushed back a little bit just to give us time to take a, a, a brief breather and then get back into it again one of the highlights of this year's festival is the production Mental mm. by Kane Power Theatre. And I remember last year we spoke to you about theatre, so we thought it would be good to yeah, come yeah, back yeah, and sure. talk to you about it again. Um, so in the programme, it's described as an exploration of the mind with music, anecdotes and medical notes telling the moving and personal story of one son's relationship with his bipolar mother. I don't want to spoil too much, but mm-hmm. that's already out there. So, yeah. um, Mental won the inaugural Mental Health Fringe Award uh, prize last year. Can you tell us a little bit about why the panel chose that performance in particular to be the winner? Ooh, well, well, lots of reasons. Um, I mean, one of the things I liked about it is that it is a show about caring for somebody else. Um, there have been a lot of shows uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe in the past few years about mental health. Um, the majority of them tend to be about performers or writers examining their own mental mm-hmm. health issues. I mean, particularly in, in comedy, mm-hmm. and, and which is you know, which is a great thing. Um, it's it's really good for people to be more open about that, and and it's very um, helpful, I think, to, to to people to experience shows like that. Um, it's uh, um, it's a great kind of sense of solidarity in, in in that. But but one of the things that did make mental stand out is it's about somebody taking care of um, of a parent. Which again is a very good fit with um, with our beginnings theme this year. I mean, we at, at that point uh, last year we already knew that the theme for this year would be beginnings, and so as well as being a, just a really strong show and and really moving and really honest, um, mental spoke to the theme of, of um, a child essentially becoming a carer, mm-hmm. and and what that what effect that has on you as as you grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah it seemed like a very good fit for this year's festival mm-hmm. I think it was particularly poignant for me because it echoes a wee bit of my personal experience so oh, really? my dad 
had bipolar disorder. Right. And so it was immensely touching, the, mm. the things that it kind of brought through. And I don't, obviously don't want to spoil it for people, but he really was very candid. And I know his mum co-wrote it as well. And they were very candid about mm. her experience mm. and very um, direct about the, the, the exploration of that. Yeah. I think one thing that really struck me was the kind of the composition of it. I've never seen a production that quite did what it did. Mm. And again, don't want to spoil too much, but there was a lot of creativity in a way that I hadn't seen with the sound. There was a loop pedal and yeah. all sorts of things. And do you think that that kind of unique mode of putting the story across contributed to the panel's decision as well? I really like the style of this show in that it, it takes its time. It doesn't just mm -hmm. jump into this is about me and my mother and um, and the difficult time that I've had. You know, he, he does his songs, he does little um, bits of medical notes. It's, it's, it takes its time to get where it's going. And I, it's, it's really only about two thirds of the way through the show that you really start to see how it is all coming together. And I really like that about it, that so for a while, you're, it's, it's a very bold show and it just allows you to take in quite gently and slowly what it's doing you have these it, it takes its time over the songs and and the and the loop pedal stuff and and all the different things going on and the the relationship between um these two people gradually emerges mm -hmm. through that yeah. um so yeah so by the end you're what were you I, I was very moved by it mm -hmm. i agree it's quite an unusual structure for a show in that mm -hmm. a, 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 there were moments early on in the show where it's not quite clear where he's going with it mm -hmm. Um, and I remember thinking when I was watching it, is this just going to be a series of songs? Is it going to mm -hmm. be what, what? I'm not quite sure what I'm watching here. Mm -hmm. And gradually that story of their relationship emerges. And when then towards the end, I think where you start to get her voice coming mm -hmm. in through the recordings, mm -hmm. it's just all the more powerful that, that, that her story gradually kind of emerges. And th there's this great thing he does throughout where he says, he keeps saying, oh, well, this hasn't affected me. No, I'm fine, mm -hmm. and it's clear that he's not really. You know that, that this has had, even if he's not got what you might call mental health problems himself. Um, it has obviously has a. You can see that it's, it's had a profound effect on him, and you know, in, the, in the, he's writing all these songs and making all these pieces of music, and this is all, this has all been. I mean, this is something he does anyway, that he's a musician, but the, the way he's doing this has been shaped by this experience, with, experience. with his mum. And, um, yeah, and all these things gradually kind of merge together. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very cleverly done. I think it made a really good point as well in that quite early on, he identifies himself as a carer, mm. which is a really important point to be made because I think sometimes we see in our work and some of the surveys that we've done that people who are caring for those that have a mental illness will yeah. often view themselves they're often family members and friends and they will just view themselves as a mother a sister yeah. a brother yeah, yeah. or whatever rather than actually recognizing that they are a carer and yes. that carers need that need that support and that understanding from others as well yeah and i think because he did that early on that was a really good, good yeah thing yeah well. um uh, being a carer and a young person um is something that came up a lot in the session that I just did this afternoon, the, the, a, a film session called Youth Perspective, mm -hmm. um, where there were four films made by young people. And this whole thing of what it's like to be a young person and also a carer, particularly for an adult, mm -hmm. and, the, and the strangeness of that for, for, for a child or, or a teenager is something that came up a lot. There was a, there was a beautiful film called Cotton Wool, which um, had a few people in tears, which is about a mum who has a stroke. And... Mm -hmm her teenage daughter and her young son have to 
basically take care of her. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a, so there's all this whole role reversal thing where you know the film starts with the teenager complaining about not wanting to do the laundry and just not being very helpful, <laughs> and <laughs> and suddenly she's having to do all the cooking and the laundry and, and grow up very fast. And and and, and it's about the impact that that has on her and and on the wee boy. And there was a statistic that comes up at the end um, of the film that there are 22,000 uh, carers in England and Wales under the age of nine, wow. which is an extraordinary statistic. That's quite. So yeah, it's, it's something that I, I'm in in a in a festival themed around beginnings. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that we're seeing quite a lot of plays and and um and and films that are about exploring the impact of adult mental health problems on on children um, and these formative experiences of having to become a carer and i guess that there are some challenges some quite specific challenges that come along with that because i remember when i was young and my dad was sectioned my family said to me well you can you can say daddy's ill but you can't say where he is or you can't you can't yeah, say what, yeah. what what's wrong with them and that that kind of thing. Yeah. I think what we must be conscious of now when we're talking about things like beginnings and the experience of young people who are contending yeah. with that yeah. is trying to empower them to be able to discuss that with with others. Yeah. Because if if you get in there early, it kind of helps to unpick that stigma later on. Yeah, absolutely. We need to be really careful about how we talk about mental health to children, mm -hmm. and so it's you know you can. Reinforce stigma at a very early age. So we've covered the Mental Health Fringe Award that was given to Mental uh, last year. Mm. We talk a wee bit about what the contenders, in your opinion, are <laughs> for this year. Well, that's a very unfair question to ask me. <laughs> well, you know, there are, this is a festival with 300 events in it. And um, <laughs> so... <laughs> it's tempting for me just to choose the events I'm involved with. <laughs> um, partly because those are the ones I had the most direct experience of. I mean, with a festival this big, um, there were events um, that I'm not even aware of happening sometimes until I, I you know, I sometimes have to check in the programme to, to find out what's going on because I, um, cause it's, it's, there's so much. Um, if it's okay to mention um, projects that I'm kind of personally involved with, I mean, they're the ones I know most about, I guess, in this very big programme. Um, there's a show called Though This Be Madness, um, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. I'm going to see it in Dumfries tomorrow night um, by Sky Lonerigan, um, which is about uh, mental illness and family, mm -hmm. um, and in particular about her experiences as a, as a new mother mm -hmm. and the stress of that, and dealing with the stress of that while dealing with mental health problems in, uh, elsewhere in, in, in the family. And um, she's doing a version of it actually for, for parents with babes in arms. Um, where you can go along, you can take your baby and, and experience this theatre show, which is essentially for adults, mm -hmm. um, but you can take your baby. And uh, which I think is a very clever conceit because the, the, the structure of the show itself is that um, she's trying to tell this story about her family and mental illness, but she's been constantly interrupted by her, by her sport. <laughs> <laughs> so to actually do a version of the show where you're probably going to be constantly interrupted by small children is, is a really interesting idea. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I want to see how that uh, turns out. Another project which I've been doing a lot of work on um, over the past couple of months, which I'm really excited about coming to fruition, is a book um, called I Am, um, which grew out of a National Theatre Scotland show called Adam, um, about a uh, transgender uh, man from um, from Egypt who came to Scotland as an asylum seeker. And 
uh, found a kind of community of support and recognition and solidarity through the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and as part of that show, um, they put together uh, a thing called the Adam World Choir, which is, uh, um, oh, I th- at the last count, about 140, 150 trans people from all over the world, who um, many of whom s- sang in solidarity w- uh, with, with Adam as part of the show, and their, their voices were recorded this uh, to create this amazing kind of digital choir with all these voices from across the world coming together to, to, to mirror the fact that he found recognition for what he was on on the internet mm-hmm. and so we have with the National Theatre um, put together a book um, telling the life stories of some of these people um, so we have about 25 people from uh, from Russia and Nigeria and Pakistan and, and mm-hmm. all across Europe um, who have written pieces about uh, their own formative experiences, which which is again um, a very good the- fit with the beginnings theme um, this year, as, as it's worked out. Just really moving stories about feeling like a misfit or an outcast, or uh, quite often in countries where you know um, there's much more intolerance or, um, of of being transgender than even there is here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so that book is coming out at the end of this month, and it's really pleased with it really pleased that it's out in the world and it's um, it's a beautiful thing so that those are, those would be two of my <laughs> things <laughs> that I would nominate for a, some, some kind of award maybe Great. but I, I should probably say that also that I would give everything in the festival <laughs> I, the thing that I always say about this festival and I would want to say again is it, it is at its heart a community festival you know that there are a certain number of events which are programmed by what we tend to call you know the the, the central team um but actually what makes this festival work is that there is such a range of events and there's such a range of people programming them you know there, there are people all over the country some who work kind of professionally in the arts some who work in the health sector some are volunteers um all programming their own events in different ways and I feel like we all learn from each other you know mm-hmm. that that's, and we all kind of raise each other's game by by our different approaches and that's one of the unique things about this festival that it is that blend of of a, of some of a, of a curated film program and a kind of community run film program and, and some uh, sort of centrally curated theatre shows and other things but also a whole range of things all over the country done done in lots of different ways. I think that's one of the strengths of it. So I give an award to the concept of the festival. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I I got into a discussion with somebody about us doing the podcast for this the last time. It was somebody who came from America Mm. and she said, that is incredible that you have an entire festival that is dedicated to mental health yeah. in Scotland because Scotland isn't the biggest place in the world yeah. and I think correct me if I'm wrong but it is quite unique there aren't that many festivals that are seeking to do there what are, it does well there are other festivals like it we're the biggest and I think we were probably the first mm-hmm. um, so it has been influential um, there has been discussion over the past couple of years about creating a network of um, mental health festivals across Europe and um, uh, Gail Adam who I work with has been to a, a couple of places um, uh, to have meetings about that. I mean, in particular, we've been talking to a, a festival in uh, Dublin uh, called First Fortnight, mm-hmm. which happens on the first fortnight of every year in, in, in January, which is quite similar in some ways to the mental health, to, to this festival, much smaller scale, um, much more focused, um, uh, a, a smaller programme. 
um, but a similar kind of spirit. Mm-hmm. And we, we went over there um, a couple of years ago to see it and had an amazing weekend at the uh, at first fortnight. And um, it's really nice to see somebody else doing a similar kind of thing, but in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, certainly, certainly we are the biggest. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a great thing that this exists in, in Scotland. I mean, and, and it's, it's often commented on. You get these filmmakers who've... Um, won awards at the festival and they'll come over and they can't quite believe that there is something like this which is the perfect platform for these films that they've made that mm-hmm. um there's yeah they haven't encountered anything else quite like it and and therefore it's a great networking opportunity for people to come and meet like-minded um artists and filmmakers um uh, who do who are doing similar things yeah mm-hmm. well, that's great well thank you very much again pleasure always a pleasure It was lovely, as always, to be joined by Andrew there um, at the CCA. Will we move on to just having a wee chat about our own sort of personal responses to the performance and and what we thought about our experience on the night? Let's. It was was certainly a very, in terms of, it sort of captured all the senses, didn't it? It, Yeah. It it was was visual, there was music, there was dancing at one point which I'll be brutally honest with I wasn't sure where it was going but I mean everything some of it took me a minute and then you realise quite quickly what's going on and stuff what it reminded me of was almost like he was spinning plates Mm -hmm. you know he was going from music and then overlapping in the music um, over overlaying it Mm -hmm. and then he was off to the, the light feature at the back and he was doing stuff with that and then he was coming to the boxes that had all the documents in them mm-hmm. regarding his, his mum's history mm-hmm. and their, his, his prior life or whatever. Um, it was almost like a metaphor for someone who is struggling with a serious mental illness, mm-hmm. trying to keep on top of things. Mm-hmm. And, and at no point in the show is he really that static. You know, no. He is just orbiting the stage yes. almost um, throughout. I think for me, it was a really, really moving show. That um, the way in which it was put across, in terms of the um, the format with the, as we've mentioned before, the lights, the loop pedal. Yeah. Um, and one of our colleagues actually said, "Oh, it sounds like Ed Sheeran for mental health." To which I responded, "Ed Sheeran." I'm going to keep milking that joke for as long as I can. <laughs> but but in all seriousness. Um, you know, it was using this quite different and quick format to get quite a lot across because it was just an hour-long show. Mm-hmm. It crammed a lot in in terms of looking at Kane's experience as a child. We went through some memories from when when he was quite young, um, to where their relationship is now. And he actually he let us know that, that his mum, who helped co-write the show, was actually in hospital again at, at the point that the, yeah. that the show was was taking place. And I guess that that reminds reminds the viewer um, that the journey with something like that is not always, you know, it's it's never really over. Yeah. It is an ongoing, is an ongoing experience, obviously for the person themselves and for the family around them. Um, and that that struck a chord with me. Certainly, I suppose that in a way that keeps that keeps it really, really relevant for the performer because yeah. um, he could he could be talking about something that's happened ten years ago and he's done a show about it and he's talking about it, but this is something that's continuing to affect both of them. Mm-hmm. So it keeps it relevant, current, 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, as Andrew um, mentioned earlier, you know, we have seen a few shows where people are dealing with the narrative of their own experience and their own direct um, mental health issues. And this is the first one I think I've seen, and I've been along to a few things at the Mental Health Arts Festival over the years, where it was directly about that caring mm-hmm. perspective almost. As much as there's a moment in the show where we kind of get Kane dons this sort of, I don't know what you would call it, as a sort of... Shawl? Sh- like a shawl, yes, which we know is his mother's shawl. And he sort of dons the the personality and character of mm. his mum and speaks... Um, on her behalf, a bit about her experiences and, and that kind of thing, which was a really interesting um, dynamic, because you almost weren't expecting that, because mm. it is very much um, his experience, and he, he was so, so candid about things um, that, you know, we were even hearing voicemails that his mum had left him at different periods in her illness and that kind of thing, and I think the whole show just served to make the experience, both for his mum and for him, very real. Yeah. Um, for the for the audience, and there was no distance really between um, you and the narrative that was happening. Now maybe that's because I personally understand that that journey because I've seen a bit of it myself through my own experience with my dad. But I also think because he kind of starts the show by reminding you that his mum is in the hospital again by playing you these. Um, voicemail clips that are real and raw mm-hmm. and are their experience it's not it doesn't become a performed version of that experience it becomes a way of articulating what the the realistic experience was for them and I think that was incredibly incredibly um, powerful what we did mention earlier was it, it won the Mental Health Fringe Award and Andrew went some ways as to explaining why that was the case, but for us, what, what were the sort of what were the sort of stick out points? Um, from a selfish point of view, and looking at the work we do at Support Mind Scotland and how carer support is so high on our agenda, mm-hmm. um, I think what what struck a chord with me was Kane's a very you know he's at I think he's twenty six. Did he say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of energy, you know. He appears like a quite a strong guy throughout, and then uh, toward the end despite his repeated claims that everything's okay, you can tell he's not. And that same of that part of the show is he's sort of not deteriorating, but he's, the effects are being shown on him visibly. But mm-hmm. he's, he's not quite all right. Mm-hmm. I think if this can highlight to people that it's so important that carers, as he's defined himself, mm-hmm. reach out and get the support they need, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's an excellent thing for, for the show to promote. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because, as we said, carers don't, always identify themselves as carers they see themselves as a mum, a dad, a brother, a sister and, and look or at a friend them, yeah, or a friend, exactly, rather than thinking oh I might actually need support for myself but but in getting that support you actually in turn are still supporting that person that you're helping to care for because you're making sure that you're in the best position yeah. to do that and you've got that sort of infrastructure in place to help you and I think as well it's important to mention that this play was dealing with, well, telling the story of a sort of severe and enduring mental illness because we see this as being part of Kane and his mum's life for and, and the extended family and things for quite a long time. Mm. And I think it's really important that we have 
are and ways of expressing what that experience is because we do quite often um, see things about depression and anxiety and those kind of things and that's really positive because for a lot of people they've had that mm. experience and they need to or it's helpful for them to, to hear from other people who've also had that experience but I think as society is moving and getting better at understanding things like depression and anxiety more um more enduring mental illnesses, things like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, etc. Their the understanding of those and what those mean for people and those around them isn't moving at the same pace necessarily. I think things like this performance that we've seen remind us of what that journey can be like in in a realistic way rather than an over dramatized way that contributes to people's maybe misunderstandings about what these illnesses can entail. Yeah, certainly. And as we sort of touched on earlier, just getting back to the award, uh, it was a, an interesting show. I think you could have, without having a prior knowledge of what it was about, you would still have perhaps enjoyed it in terms of visually it was quite interesting and, and audibly and, you know, there was, even there was a lot a, going on. There was even a sneaky bit of science in there because what they had done, we t- we've spoken a little bit about the light feature that was at the back. Mm-hmm. And what we saw from the light feature was actually they had plotted two graph lines. And I can't remember which colour was which. There was a blue line and there was a red line. Yeah. And one of the lines um, illustrated what the kind of typical peaks and troughs in mood are for kind of your average yeah. person um, there are there are highs and lows in it but there aren't great big differences between the top and the bottom obviously you can see that those differences are there but it's the gap isn't that wide mm. um, and for the other line in the, in the feature it looks at what the mood fluctuations are for somebody who experiences bipolar disorder and you can see that um, there's much more polarity between those two points so the highs are quite high yeah. up on that graph and the lows are quite low and it gives you an indication of not necessarily time frame because we didn't have an access on it but you can see that those things can be quite enduring and lasting and then you're you know you should have a manic phase that's quite enduring and lasting and then you come down yeah. and you know I think that was that was good that actually science had informed that art there and visually you could understand okay this is the average person's experience and this is what the experience is for, for other people um, in a way that was quite obvious. So that was good as well. So, yeah, in, in summary, we'd both give it a big thumbs up, I think. Absolutely, we can We yeah. can see why it won the Mental Health Fringe Award. Completely. And uh, I don't know if it's going to continue to tour, but I'd imagine it will. And if you'd like to, to see it, there is a listings page on canepowertheatre.com with all the tour dates. I don't think there were any after Glasgow, but Not keep an moment, eye on but- it. But do keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. So thanks again to our, our listeners. Maybe some of you have come back from last year for for more more of this experience, and some of you may be maybe new. And if you are, we'll include a we'll include a wee link so that you can visit our um, podcast from from last year if you're interested as well. And tell all your friends. And tell all your friends because well, mental health needs spoken about, and that's what we're that's what we're attempting to do. You can join us again next time um, where we will be moving from theatre to discuss film. And we'll leave it at that. One of my favourite subjects.